It's early July, so it's the time to say Happy Canada Day and Happy Fourth of July to all of our American friends. And I guess France also does something at some point in July that they celebrate, but we're not going to worry about that. La Bastille, la Bastille. La Bastille, la Bastille. Uh, the French Revelation. Uh, revolution. <laughs> the French Revelation. Revelation, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's early July. I think Belgium's it's, doing something at this time of the year as well. There's a bunch of countries who are doing it's something. Interesting. It's interesting. It's that time of year, uh, and it's nice out. We now can actually have people inside in the province of Ontario, and I may have somebody inside my house for the first time in a very long time, very soon. I'm very excited about that. Uh, and today, we're just going to chat. You, we're you're just letting your to girlfriend chat. in? Yeah, exactly. I've locked her out for weeks, <laughs> weeks. I, I'm surprised we're still together. Uh, anyway, for this time, uh, this week, this is Jake. And this is Luke. And you're listening to our board game podcast. Ménage à deux. Luc Deluxe. <laughs> you look good, man. I like that beard. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You guys don't see his beard, but I do. He's growing a, a playoff beard. He, he hopes it'll uh, give his team a chance, uh, and we'll see. Well, you know what? They don't have a... L it, it's most likely they're going to lose the, 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 the series, but they have a trillion times more chance to win the Stanley Cup this year than your team. Well, I don't know. We'll have to see uh, who my team really is. Uh, maybe I'll let you know later. Oh, yeah. You're not, you're like actually not going for the Maple Leafs anymore next, next year. Big time Tampa Bay fan right here. Always have been. <laughs> always, yeah. always with, oh man, it, it almost hurts to say the words. <laughs> the lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. The bolts go bolts. Uh, and I'm also happy because, uh, in the Euro cup, my team, England has been, uh, faring fairly well. So I'm, uh, I'm happy. It looks like they've got a pretty easy ride to the final. We'll see what happens. Um, with Spain, but yeah. When whenever you think it's an easy, you think it's an easy one. It might not be. I'm telling you. I was um, I was watching the um, the how do you call that in English? The eighth, the eighth. I don't know how do you say that. The huitième de finale. The yeah. the like before the quarterfinals. The eighth finals. <laughs> Um, I think they just call it like the group of eight, don't they? The round of eight and the round of 16 in uh, okay. soccer. I was like, okay, I wasn't sure. But anyway, I was watching that with a bunch of people from France and people who were cheering for, for France. And they were supposed to beat Switzerland pretty easily. And it was going in that direction until like they got to the 80th minute or 81st minute of it was. It was crazy. And honestly, it's not because it was France and I was cheering for the people next to me, but whatever team, even if it was like my team won that way, I think finishing a very important tournament like that or a, a very important game of a very important tournament like that with uh, penalties, yeah. whatever you call 
it's it, it's it's a bunch of crap. It's like oh, flipping it's, a coin. It's the dumbest way to finish a sporting event. Now I get it in hockey; they do it at the end of the games in the regular season. I get it. You don't want the games to go on for forever in the regular season. But the Euro Cup and the World Cup, I don't get it. And apparently, the reason behind it is the players are tired. So in soccer, of course, they only have three substitutions. It's not like hockey where they no, can keep not anymore. Pump for anymore. the Euro, they have uh, five, and they have a sixth one when they get to the the overtime. Ah, okay, cool. I did not know that. Um, yeah. But that's the reason they say is that they're very tired at the end of, uh, of the game. And if they let it go too long, it'll just be whatever team can stay awake longer, um, which I don't know. I don't agree with that. And I think it's a, the dumbest way. Like I said, it's a coin flip. Is he going to go left or right? That's basically all you got. They could just say like, okay, we'll take one play off every side. Um. I don't know, like for 10 minutes and then we'll take another player off and then for an, 10 more minutes and then we're, <laughs> we're going to take another player. But, and I, I feel like it, it could work because like eventually there's so much space on the field that they're going to s- end up scoring, but at least it's going to end on a, a, a soccer play. I just not no, not just I, I I I like your idea a little bit, but I, I it's going to be the <laughs> Luc Tardif versus the world, you know, like one one person versus one person, and it's like okay, they're in the nine thousandth minute of one on one soccer. It's never going to happen. Huge. At some point, they're so tired that someone's going to score. Yeah, like the, the problem. The problem that I have is just that, like, and and even okay, even if instead of like doing the penalties the way they're doing them, which is the goalie is inside the net behind the line Mm -hmm. and then someone is like so close to the net that it's almost impossible to miss it if they like let the goalie like i don't know six feet and six feet closer or something like yeah cut the angle or something like if the goalie had a bit of a chance like as in these conditions right now i feel like if the goalie doesn't stop it it's I guess it's fine. You're never going to be mad at the goalie. But at the same time, someone who doesn't know soccer at all is like, what is this goalie doing? He's just like jumping. He's just diving the wrong direction or something. Like yeah. they look dumb because they, they have to make a decision beforehand. Second, or they could say, they could tell the, the, whatever the player, you start from the middle of the field with the, with, and, and you have to shoot before a certain line. So that way the goalie sees something happening. Yeah. And and they cut the angles. Right now I feel like the goalies are just like, well, I'll just hope for a miracle. And the shooters are like, man, if I miss this, I'm like the worst on earth. Like I'm the worst player on earth. It just doesn't make sense. It's, it's way too much pressure on something that doesn't make sense. It's like flipping flipping a coin personally. It's it's literally the worst way to finish a sporting event. I yeah. I hate it. I hate it, uh, and uh, I'm very happy that France lost, so that's great. Uh, and uh, England keeps winning, also great. And so far, <laughs> the equivalent of France, the Montreal Canadiens, losing in the Stanley Cup final. So I'm, I'm having a good sports week. We'll see if it, conti- <laughs> it continues but as such. But. B- before the tournament, a lot of, uh, of specialists said that uh, England and Belgium had a lot of, uh, like the odds were pretty high that they were going to end up in the finals. Uh, and that Belgium had somewhat of the upper end, mm-hmm. upper hand, I should say. So yeah, I I heard that before in a different um, competition where it was supposed to be Colorado and the Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup final, uh, <laughs> and then I also heard, I, 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 uh, 
I honestly didn't hear the Maple Leafs though. Not not because I I like I'm not because I I want to I want to make you feel bad or something. I never I've always heard uh other teams. Maple uh, Leafs it, had had a possibility, but it was not like it's they've never been from what I heard except from people from Toronto. They've never been like in the, like one of the two teams that were going to make it to the finals. It was uh it was something like probability of winning and they had it all cut into yeah. percentages. Uh yeah. and uh, obviously Colorado had a huge, huge chunk, but second place was the Leafs at that time before the 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 playoffs had started. And yeah. uh I like both of those teams, so I was hoping that that would be what would happen, uh, or that they would both go far. Um, not the case. And I like Belgium as a nation as well. So I'm uh I'm hoping that they do get to 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 go far and it'd be cool to see them versus England in the final. Fingers what crossed. you're saying, what you're saying right now is, uh, could could sound bad. You're just like, I like Belgium as a nation, which sort of implies that you hate some nations. So it's yeah, kinda... like France. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Well, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I liked the 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 places that I've been to in Belgium. Very fun. Um, I it's see, great. I see. We are both fully vaccinated, Luke. We're both fully vaccinated. Yes. We can now go relive our life. I'm not washing my hands ever again. You won't <laughs> see me with my hands getting washed. Um, maybe after using the bathroom, but that's it. That is that's it. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to get out there. I might be able to come see you if we can work out something for this summer. Nice. Uh, we're actually making plans because uh, I haven't seen my my immediate family for over two years now. And uh, same thing with my wife. She hasn't seen like some of her family for like, there are kids in our family that we've never met. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, so exactly. So we're just, so uh, you'll be coming out our way. Uh, at some point we're, we're sort of like pondering. Cause I, I mean, we don't want to go like spend one day with every person we know for like three weeks and then come back home. It's just a pain in the ass. So we're mm -hmm. just, uh, we're just planning on maybe going to one place, uh, for a week, a week and a half, then come back here and for Christmas, go to the other place. Okay. Something like okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Well, if you find yourself in Ottawa, you've got a bed to sleep in. Uh, you got a friend in me. <laughs> you got a friend in me. I think, I don't know if we have, I, I'm going to stop because we don't have the rights to that song. Yeah. I'm going to have to cut that out or, or I don't know, add additional words. You got a friend in me too. Oh my, the me too movement. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so this week, uh, have you played anything? Let's start with that. Have you played anything lately? I have played something. I played a game called, um, L uh, Looney Quest. I was, I was like, I had Looney Tunes in mind. Looney Quest, which Just is all kinds of copyright right there. We're breaking. Yes. It's sort of, uh, I mean, we're mentioning <laughs> board games all the time that are <laughs> copyright. Yeah. Yeah, but they like all the publicity we give them with our, our fans, yeah. our listeners, our fantastic fans. We have, actually, Luke, a good number of fans that listen to the English version. Um, usually slightly more end up listening to the French version. Uh, but I look at the data and I'm, sometimes I'm like, huh, there's somebody in Chicago that listens to us, you know? So or they're if you're using that person a VPN. In Chicago, yes, that's true. Now, if you're yeah. that person in Chicago or using the VPN from Chicago, thanks. Um, <laughs> maybe send us an email. We'd like to get to know you. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, no, so, uh, yeah, I played Looney Quest, which is a pretty cool game. It, it, it has, uh, I think it's seven worlds. Uh, it, it works like a Mario Brothers game. So there's like world one, 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 two, one, three, one, four, one, five, one, six, uh, then two, one, two, one, two, two, six, and so on and so on and so forth. Uh, there's two special levels, uh, two special stages, I should say. Uh, and what you do is you have the image of something like there's a, a quest, of course. Uh, and then you have a, oh, it's like an, a plastic transparent overlay. I don't know how you, you'd call that as sort of. That, that's a good way to describe yeah. it and everybody will understand it. But, um, like, a, like a transparency, you mean from like yeah, an overhead transparency. projector? Yeah. Exactly, exactly that, but that has the exact same size as the, the quest you're trying to fulfill. So let's say for the first quest, uh, there's a little maze and you need to like draw a line that goes from the start. I mean, you'll see there's a starting point, uh, on the image and you need to get to the end. If en route to that end, or that, yeah, the end of the, 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 the little, uh, quest, you touch certain parts, you might get, um, bonus tokens. And if you touch some other things, you might get, uh, well, what's the malus, uh, the, um, the opposite of a bonus anyway. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, a penalty. A penalty, exactly. Yeah, of course. We just, yeah. we already talked about them today. <laughs> exactly. So you might, uh, yeah, you, so you get a token for that. So the penalties, uh, what they do is, uh, let's say on your next turn, on your next level, you have to play with one eye closed. Uh, on uh, your next turn, you might have to play with something that you need to keep, um, balanced on your pen so it makes it more difficult and there's a timer as, as well so you need you need to do that in 30 seconds the thing is you have your little uh transparency in front of you and the image is in the middle of the table so you're once the time the time is over you're taking your uh your drawing and you're putting it on top of that image to see if you did you were able to do everything you needed to do uh, to win points. And then you score your points in the first one, wherever, whatever, how many levels you decided to to get to at, at the beginning of the game. At the end, whoever has the most points wins. So there, it could be, uh, there's three different types of, uh, of quests. The first one is a sort of maze-ish type of thing. So you're just drawing a line. Uh, sometimes you have to link two objects. So let's say you, there's a boss. You need to draw a line between a bomb and the boss. So you're throwing the bombs at the boss. And another one is to... Actually, there's four different quests. Um, another one is to circle things on the image. And the last one is to just draw a little dot on certain things on uh, the image. So it's a very simple, um, concept, but it plays somewhat like a video game. Cause you're like, you're, you're progressing in the quest and you're trying to get as many points as you can. It is a very cool game. It's a unique concept. I've never done anything like that in other games. Uh, I kind of like it. I, it's not something I want to play all the time, but if you're playing with, uh, with kids, 
they love it. I played with a, a five-year-old kid. Uh, no, I, I, not a five-year-old, a seven-year-old kid. Anyway, it doesn't make a difference. You guys don't even know him. And he loved it. But I also played with adults in the past, and they loved it pretty much. So it's a pretty cool game, Looney Quest. Cool. I've seen this uh, at your place. I think you've shown it to me and how to play it. Like you showed me, you know, for example, we'll do World 1-1, but we never actually played it. Okay. Um, sounds kind of fun. Yeah, it was fun. So cool. Try it one day. Well, what about you? Oh, what a what a oh, what a what a, uh, this week I uh, played a game called 75 Gnome Street. Um, oh. Kind of, I guess, a play on 21 Jump Street, uh, something like that. But yeah, 75 Gnome Street. Uh, it's pretty low on the overall ranking in Board Game Geek, but um, I, I really love. Come on, uh, come on's games, uh, cool men, you're not, uh, and they have really great production value and end up having really great games, I find. And so, I saw this for like a really great deal a while ago, and I was like, that looks kind of cool, I'll give it a shot. Um, you've always got good miniatures in their games, and this game is no exception to the rule. The their gnome uh, miniatures are cool looking, so yeah, 75 Gnome Street is a really cool game. I think it's really, I think it's really cool. It takes a bunch of different mechanics and kind of puts together uh, into one game. So we are gnomes in a lawn in front of somebody's house. Uh, and we are four different factions of gnomes. And we each have a treasure hidden somewhere in the lawn. And it's all, all um, outright war between the four factions. And we're trying to find the other factions um, gold that they've hidden somewhere, the treasure that they've hidden somewhere in the yard in the lawn in front of this house. Uh, and the way that you do that is you, um, we all play cards. It has like the simultaneous selection uh, mechanic where we all pick a card at the same time and we reveal. Uh, and the person with the highest number goes first. That's what you're trying to do with that. That's done in all kinds of games. Um, and then the second part um, uh, that's really cool is it's deduction. So we're trying to find the other people's um, uh treasure that they've hidden and it's in a grid it's kind of uh i think it's five by i want to say five by six it might be five by seven it's rectangular uh and it's a grid that has all kinds of squares in them uh in it and everybody receives one card that says which square they got which square their uh treasure is hidden under and you're kind of going and trying to find it and so you're asking people questions um there's different actions you can use and in, in different terrain tiles and so if i i take a terrain tile i have to put a gnome on that type of terrain and then I take an action tile and I can either have one that allows me to ask for every tile around me or every square around me so all nine squares uh, in my vicinity uh, I have one that uh, is called line of sight so it's um, everything that's you know in my same uh, row or column uh, and then there's another one where it's got these different co color flowers in each uh, square and I get to ask do you have one that's a white flower or whatever and you ask that question of somebody uh, you choose somebody in, in the group, and um, if they've played a gnome, there's certain gnomes that you can play or cards that you can play that allow you to just pass a card that says yes or no, uh, limiting the information to just one person. But sometimes um, you will play a card that means you have to say out loud yes or no, and that means everybody at the table will have that information. Uh, and so it's got that, you know, kind of deduction, a little bit like Clue, um, and uh, you end up putting uh, tokens down when you think you've found where somebody is and you put your uh, token, you have four tokens that you can say, you know, this is where one of this treasure uh, is. 
but two tokens you have that are um, bait. So it's not the real token. You put it down, and it's always face down. It's got your color on it. And and if you put a token there saying, oh, yeah, I think this is where their treasure is or a treasure is, um, but you put a bait, well, others may believe that you have some information that they don't, and they might trust you. You might fool them. You bluff them into believing that you know where that's a location is, and they may put their tiles uh, on their tokens on top of yours. And so you win points by finding the right places and by convincing others to continue um, uh, putting their tokens on yours because they think you have a certain amount of information about a certain player. So um, I really love that. The bluffing, uh, the the first one to vote gets the most points. We see that on Camelop. Tons of cool mechanics to the clue and the other deduction games. Uh, I like the simultaneous selection. Each of the cards has special powers. Uh, it's really, really cool. Now, I played the two-player version, which isn't exactly what I just described. Um, it ends up kind of being uh, sudden death. You have to find the other person's um, treasure first. And then if you do that twice out of three times, uh, two out of three rounds, you win the game. Uh, it's not as good at two. I probably won't ever play it again with two, uh, but I can only imagine because I haven't been able to play with more yet. And, uh, you know, when somebody comes over, fingers crossed, maybe I'll pull this one out. Um, it, it seems fantastic, like reading through the rules and imagining how that would play out. And, and it's got that little bit of the cryptid, you know, I know some information, you know, some information. We're going to put down different uh, tiles and, 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 and start guessing. And uh, it's really cool and unique theme gnomes. Uh, it's really more tactical and kind of puzzly, but it the, the theme is kind of still there. And there's a really, really funny part. If by chance the two of you use the same um, number card. So you have one to eight are the cards you have. And if by chance two of the players, any of the two uh, players use uh, the same card, you both cancel each other out. You're both a zero. And to find out who is uh, higher up in the order, uh, you have a card that's called the catapult card. It's literally just a card with a catapult printed on it. And you take your token for your gnome and you have to literally flick it with the catapult card towards the chimney on the house and the person who gets the closest to the chimney wins. And it just adds like this ridiculous uh, nature to, to this, this little piece of ridiculousness of like, how is this how we break ties? But it's just so funny. They're just, they're cat- you're catapulting, you're taking your card and you're flicking the card so that your little, your little token flies through the air and you're hoping to get it to land uh, by the chimney. So a little pinch of dexterity in there too. Really cool game, super unique. A couple of really cool mechanisms that all end up working together really well. Uh, and I would definitely suggest this with four people. I can't wait to try with four people. Um, it, I mean, maybe I shouldn't suggest it yet because I haven't tried it, but it just looks like it's going to be fantastic given how much I liked the two-player game. Uh, but I probably would never play again at two, uh, that being said. So 75 Gnome Street. If you see it, maybe you want to give it a shot. It's kind of funny. It's uh, the type of game when that I when I see it on the shelf, I'm just like, meh. It, it looks like they want to be funny, so I'm just uh, and there it doesn't look funny. But uh, you intrigued me uh, when you said that. That being said, I've just uh, the the tiebreaker at the end. Do you think it's gonna get old at some point, or like, or frustrating in a way? I guess. Oh, totally. And like, it's really, really hard to to aim them it's like it's not impossible it's not like it's a cool catapult that you actually can try and, and get better at it's like you're bending your card and flicking it so also i think there's going to be damage to those cards eventually yeah um, so it's a it's a bit of a gimmick but uh we were laughing when we played the same card and we ended up 
that having to do that and we're laughing because it's, it's just like so ridiculous like you're trying to do it and, and you're, you're dropping your token and, and you, you know you just okay let me try one more time it's really it's really hard so it's fun and funny the first couple times i bet and it probably does get old i remember when i uh i first bought the expansion for Mar marvel legendary the um, the deadpool one um there were some jokes on the cards and it was like kind of cool like oh if it's If you're taller than something, you should do this. And, or if it's before 8 a.m., or if it's like, and there were, there was stuff like that. Because like in the, in the comic book, he breaks the fourth wall, I guess. Like he talks to the, 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 the readers directly. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows he, he's in a comic book and everything. So in the game, they decided to like break the fourth wall in a way where it goes with reality as well. But it's kind of funny at first. And then you're just like, And they have half points as well. So you have to count half points when you're like, oh, you have one and a half point uh, fighting point. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> so, but I mean, it doesn't make it bad. It just makes it a bit more annoying than the other sets. So I was wondering if it would get like that because like they're trying to, to be sort of somewhat clever. No, yeah. I, I think that's what it is for that part. Um It'll get old. I totally agree. But other than that, I, I even think without that mechanic, um, the other ones kind of blend really well. And um, I always like deduction games, but uh, this one's a little more puzzly too, because you have to think, um, if I'm going to go for the three by three grid around me, whatever the nine squares around my character, you have to think about, okay, so where's the best place for me to do that? Um, where have I already discovered, or I'm positive that there's no gold uh, from that person? Mm -hmm. Uh And who am I going to ask this time? And where am I going to, uh, what tile am I going to take for terrain tile? There's four types of terrain. So you have to choose a terrain and then you have to choose an action. And if you're the last person to play, um, the likelihood is you're getting the fourth action, which is move the cat. <laughs> and it kind of sucks because moving the cat just kicks people out of squares. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting game. I'm, I really am excited to try it with four people. Uh, but I do think it's a bit gimmicky. Uh, and it, it's perfect for families for sure. I think gamers would like it. Um, But it's, it's again, it's very puzzly. You got to think about um, the different layouts or the different uh, actions you're going to use to try and find where people are, and then you got to use logic, thinking, "Okay, I know that there's no blue there, but is there red or is there yellow?" And it's kind of cool. Um, I I liked it. Uh, I it's the fourteen thousand nine hundred on on Board Game Geek, so ah. it's it's far from being one of the most celebrated games of all time. Um, and I couldn't even find videos on it online practically when I was trying to make the decision about buying it. But I, it was cheap, and I thought I'd just take a chance and it's been sitting on the shelf and I'm like, I really want to try that. It looks cool. The miniatures are cool. So yeah. I busted it out this week and, and give it a shot. So, uh, and if I know you correctly, it, either it was a very cheap buy on like on, on a marketplace or something like or Kijiji, or it was at Las Dejeux in the, the used bin. <laughs> uh, so I haven't been able to get to Las Dejeux for uh, months and months because of the border being closed. Uh, now I could go in theory, but I haven't gone yet. Um, it was something like, um, I can't remember if it was in Meeple Mart or if it was Amazon. I'll have to double check Amazon. I think it was Amazon and it was cheap uh, and it was cool mini or not. So I really love them as a, as yeah. a, producer they're probably one of my favorite um companies uh, for for board games um they don't beat days of wonder yet but they've got some fantastic games and production quality especially uh and some of their games are like some of the best games of all time according to you know board game geek for example and uh i thought this would like just be a slightly explosion. better yeah 
And I thought this would be a little better than it was. I, I saw the the ranking and I was like, oh, it's probably just not very well known. I can't even find a video on it, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's just not very well known. And it it is pretty good, but it's, it's I don't know if it's uh, fantastic. It's probably not very well known. No, man. <laughs> yes, yes, zing. That's a good. That's actually a good one. I'll give it to you. Oh la la, that's a bad one. Uh, so this week, what are we talking about? We don't have a top five for you. Why would we have a top five? Uh, that's insane. Uh, but what we do have is a special guest, uh, uh, somebody that we've invited to speak with us. Uh, and his name uh, is, well, I don't know if we're supposed to use his stage name, Luke, or his real name. What are we? Let's just call him Moussa Sangare Ponce, a.k.a. Doris's son, a.k.a. <laughs> Denzel Subban. Denzel Subban. The so, uh, hip-hop he, artist. Yeah, and he's going to be hopping on with us in a couple minutes, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about just a couple of different questions we've received. So we've had a couple questions asked of us um, about games and how we do things with our game collection and et cetera. And we thought, why don't we just talk about a couple of these things, shake it up, something different, not a top five of the favorite you know, horse games, but uh, let's just uh, answer a couple of questions and have a discussion about games. And we wanted to give a, a, a chance for our, uh, our good friend Denzel uh, Subban to, to come on the show and to chat with us uh, a little bit about games. He's a, he's a big time game lover. So, um, stay tuned. We're, we're gonna, uh, we were pre recording this introduction part of it. And at a later date, we'll be, uh, recording with Denzel. So, uh, excited to, to share that with you. And, uh, you should be having it in your ears in the next couple seconds. And, uh, don't worry. Next episode, we'll get back to a top five list of, our favorite games in which we terraform Mars. Oh my gosh, there are a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are a couple of them. One obvious one comes to mind. All right, uh, see you guys on the other side. Yes. Hello, everyone. Here we are. We're back. Uh, and I'm, I mean, for us, there was a break between when we recorded the first part and now the second part. So for me, I'm making it sound like we're back, but for you, it's going to be a three second. Uh, we're back a second later. <laughs> and we have our good friend here, uh, our, our special uh, um, person that we've invited, our special guest, Denzel Subban. So welcome to Ménage à deux, Denzel. I'm, finally, I'm honestly glad. This is one of my favorite podcasts. Um, it's the podcast I listen to usually on Sundays when I play FIFA and I have the Sunday scaries, you know, it's, it's, I listen, I don't listen to it every week. Sometimes it's one week in French, one week in English. So sometimes I'm out of the loop on some of the jokes, but it is what it is. It's a, it's a good podcast, whether you love games or not, you gotta love the boys. Wow. Thank you so much. Very kind of you to give us that, uh, that type of, uh, that type of praise. Uh, it would be better if Luke wasn't in the podcast, but Hey, you can't, you can't fix everything. True that, but I don't care. <laughs> so Denzel, no, but uh, j just, just, it's kind of weird to call him Denzel yeah. Subban right now. Like it I've never, ever, weird. ever. It's super weird. I've never called him that ever in my life. But hey, that's a stage name. You can, you can call me by my real name too. It's honestly, it's not even, it's not even an, my stage name because I, even when I'm on stage, I go by my name. And the few times I've ha I've been in crowds where they chanted my name, they chanted my real name. I think it's literally just a name. 
that goes on the like album cover, okay. the single cover, you know? At, It's at this so point, real it's name just... it is, Claude Thibodeau. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's uh, going very well. Um... It's a little bit like, uh, I guess, like a city in color, although that's not a different name. It's, it's just a title, but the guy's name is Dallas Green, and so I'm sure people would yeah. cheer Dallas, right? So. Save your scissors, boys. Save your scissors. Save yours. Wow. Great, great name drop. Good, uh, good music memory, too. Uh, very impressed with your early it's, 2000s. It's the only song of him I know. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else, too. Um, so, Musa, uh, your, your real name. We actually already uh, said it earlier in the podcast, Musa Sangare Ponsi. Um, tell us a little bit about Denzel Suban and how that came to be. I know you've done some other, other stuff in the past, too. Musa on the Loose, where you were doing stuff with... Uh, Uh, some uh, reporting, sports reporting, meeting athletes. And uh, also, you have a podcast, I think. Yeah. Uh, so Denzel Subban literally came um, I, when PK played in Montreal. And you know how they are in Quebec. They're very, very stingy about la langue française, the French language. And l'Office de la langue française, which is basically their gestapo for French, um, <laughs> oh they, my gosh. They, Here they, we are, <laughs> Nazi jokes already. <laughs> gestapo for French. They, I think they sent a letter or like a press release to RDS, which is like the French TSN for those who don't know, that they should stop saying PK Sube on the broadcast and they should start saying PK, like the French letters. Wow. Oh my God. And they asked PK about it and PK was like, well, if you're going to change my name, um, if you're not going to say my name properly, uh, why don't you just say Denzel instead? And I kind of took it as like, Hey, if you're going to put me in a box, Uh, because in the music industry, there's a lot of people who tend to want to put you in a box for whatever reason. Even when at the time I was, like you said, Jake, I was a bit into sports journalism. People, like when people, like I said, if you want to put me in a box, at least let me choose what box mm. I'm going to go into, right? Mm. Uh, so I changed my Twitter name to Denzel Subban as like a homage to that reference. And then before our first big show in Moncton, Um, they were like, do you have a rapper name? And I was like, uh, and I was pure, purely by chance. I was on Twitter at the same time. And I was like, Denzel Subban. And after the first poster was made, it was kind of too late yeah. to like go back. <laughs> But you know what? That's, <laughs> But if you go, yeah, it's a way better background than I was expecting. I thought maybe you just love Denzel uh, as an actor and, and PK as no, a player, but that, uh, it's bigger. It's a bigger statement that, that comes from that. Den Denzel Washington is a great actor, but he's overrated. He's overrated. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, you, uh, I feel like, uh, your next album should be like Denzel Subban, a little bit too late. Well, That's the name of the album. My next album or first album, however we want to see it, is going to be fashionably late. So uh -huh. I guess we could just stick in the late genre. That's actually a good idea. That's a good idea, actually. I may mean, just stick with the late theme. And I, I, you and should just just bring that story up every time someone asks about anything. Like, oh, the reason for this is because you know I was watching the, the a, a hockey game, and then <laughs> it's always the same reason. Whatever. And, and you know yeah. what? I, I wonder, and I don't want to accuse uh, l'officier de la langue française of anything uh, racially insensitive, but I wonder if Piqué Subban had not been a black man. If that would have been less of an, an issue for them, if it had been a, a you know TJ Brody, why don't we call him Teji Brody, right? Like that's that's a very good. Honestly, we should we should trade TJ Brody or TJ Oshie to the Habs <laughs> and see if the same issue will arise. Yeah, yeah. I, I I honestly think it's just because PK was so famous in Montreal. He was like he was the most famous play on the ice, and um, and, and I think 
this because it was a name that was said like very often. So that at some point, for some reason, uh, I'm from Quebec, so I can say it, but mm-hmm. I feel like we just try to find problems where there's no problem. Yeah. Like w- it doesn't make good shows if you if there's no problem. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So they just find a problem, and that was one. <laughs> It's funny though that it's the like even I don't even think France has enough de la langue, you know. I like. <laughs> well, they have l'Académie de la langue française, yeah. which is even bigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, tell us a little bit about your podcast, uh, Musa. Uh, so it's Talk of the Town. It's me and my good friend uh, Jake Waterman, and we literally interview people who have lived in Halifax or in for some period of time or are currently in Halifax. About lit- we talk about literally everything and nothing. Um, so with, we had a guest and we went in deep about women, sports and in, inequality in terms of like women in the media, but then literally the next question. And that's the question that comes on almost every podcast is, do you prefer flat wings or like the drumettes? Um, so we literally talk about everything and nothing because just like you two, you, I feel like if you two were actually together, I've been in conversations with you guys, like you talk about everything and nothing, but I know. Most of your, not most, but a lot of your conversation or some would be around based on board games and you just like go off on tangents. And that's, we just, we didn't want to have a podcast with like set questions. We just want to have like two, three key questions and then we let see the, and then we have the French part much like actually we kind of, we actually were inspired by this podcast to do it French and English. We first, we started bilingual in the podcast. But when we, we decided to go fully French for a podcast, um, we decided that we would interview people from L'Acadie as a whole, not just Halifax, because the Francophone community in Halifax is vibrant. But um, if we were to find everything, everyone that would be doing something cool in the French Francophone community, um, at the moment, we interview a lot of the same people. So we'd interview like <laughs> yeah. Tito... Mario de CCGH. We'll basically interview the whole staff of the CCGH and like two or three other people and then it'd be like, okay. So, but when we brought in it to L'Acadie, um, especially now that L'Acadie is kind of going through a, a renaissance, I should say, we, we, we get different perspectives from the different people. So you're not doing every episode in two languages. You, like some episodes are in French, some episodes are in English. Yeah. Some episodes are in French, some episodes in English, and we also do a top five at the end, and top fives are very controversial. And uh, every, every... How so? Because... With who? <laughs> uh, with, with our guests. So okay. We, so our last podcast, or uh, we did... No, two co- podcasts ago with our friend Norm, we did yep. top five pops, so uh, sugary drinks that are fizzy. For, I'm yep. not, um and oof, the the people our regulars got back to us about hey no Seven Up is better than Sprite <laughs> or Coke and like oh, oh it's not true Sprite is better than Seven Up yeah but yeah. You, you know what I mean like people <laughs> yeah. and then uh, we did top five chips and I'm gonna ruin the punchline for this one but Jake and our guest Travis legitimately like you know had barbecue chip ketchup chips 
And, you know, I was like, I had fish and chips, chocolate chips. Oh, my gosh. Chips, so, you know. That's good. That's good. <laughs> oh, but you know what? I don't think you can just say ketchup or barbecue. I think you have to have a brand associated. As much as Sprite and 7-Up are different, Ruffles and Lay's barbecue chips are very different. So I hope that you guys had brand yeah, names yeah. associated with that list. Yeah, we did. We, we, we did. And then Luke, yeah. of course, is on that Miss Vicky's train. So it doesn't really matter the other brands. So what was your number one pop? Exactly. I'm, I'm very curious about that. Oh, let me check. I forgot. Um, <laughs> you forgot. Like you can't remember. If I am, if I'm asking you right now, what's your favorite yeah, exactly. pop? You're like, let me check. Let my me list. check my list. <laughs> let me check Who's your my favorite list? girlfriend? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That that's that's the same. Probably the same answer as my favorite pop. To be honest. Uh, so you uh, folks don't see uh, Musa, myself, or or Luke. Of course, it's just audio for you. But I I think you have the city of Halifax behind you. Am I am I right? Is that what you've got in your? Uh... I don't. I have the generic. I, yeah, it's just a generic background that 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 I saw. I don't know how many times when I was on reunion meetings. Okay, I <laughs> yeah, haven't seen this background. My, my room is a bit of a mess, so it's laundry weekend for me, and uh, it's it's laundry year. <laughs> it's laundry year. It's twenty twenty one is the year of laundry, boys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what we're gonna do today, and we'll give you a chance to look up your list for your favorite pop. You get you get back to us on that once you've once you've deliberated. Um, but 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 before that, I just uh, we didn't mention. Like, I know. Uh, well, I know we know that Musa just released or is releasing something soon, right? Yeah. So I got a single coming out. I'm not sure when this is gonna be released, but um, I'm releasing a single of my latest album, Fashionably Late uh called nb girls uh in july 9th and then fashionably late the album itself should come by end of july early august uh we're just it's it's the it's the very first time that i'm doing everything in terms of like audio recording editing and everything myself so i had to kind of had to learn as i go in that process it was supposed to be released last uh end of summer early fall but then i really got involved with life as it tends to happen when you're a part-time musician but i'm making every effort to finally release it and it's a cool album because it's old beats that were giving to me with new lyrics or old lyrics with new beats um awesome so it's it's gonna be it's gonna it's basically gonna be like a little time capsule time capsule of my life and some of my perspectives on everything from sports to romance to politics to everything so it's uh, and it's gonna have you know and i do believe and if i'm wrong i'm wrong but i know for sure you're gonna get the first acadian reggaeton song on the album wow and possibly the first pick book Pick yeah, book. yeah. Do you want to and listen to the same beat for the rest the first, of your life? <laughs> yeah, possibly the first uh, Nova Scotian reggaeton song because I'm not sure any artist coming out of Nova Scotia has ever recorded reggaeton. And if I am wrong, I'm wrong on that one. But for sure, Acadian, I'm I'm definitely sure on that one. Well, I would definitely be in the Latino community if if there's someone from Nova Scotia yeah. who did release something yeah. reggaeton. And yeah. uh, where yeah. can we find your music? Uh, title, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, wherever you get your music. And if you don't want to pay for it or uh, have streaming service, I have some hidden gems on my SoundCloud. Um, so, and you will also find some of my early work when I was a sports journalist. I, I think you'll find an interview with Cabby, uh, Cabby Richards, who now works for Bleacher Report and Dan O'Toole. No. Yeah. Dan O'Toole from formerly of G and Dan, but now it's just, uh, Jay? I don't know what happened. Bell fired one of them. 
And I interviewed- Dan O'Toole is a sports journalist, right? Yeah, he, wor- he worked for TSN. He did Sports yeah. Center, And then I yeah. interviewed him, but I think he got laid off a couple months ago. Okay. And, but th- those, th- those were, if you want to sa- hear what I sounded like when I was a kid, uh, the voice, the voice is much deeper today than it is. Ah, yes. You put on the yes. deepness like Luke, like Luke does in French, at least. Luke in English has a little bit more of a, yes. a, a little bit higher. Um, yeah. And in, in French, I speak like this more than uh, when I speak English. It's, I guess it's just English is more of a high pitch language. Is it? <laughs> um, no, usually on radios, like you're listening to 100 and blah, like Halifax to the max. Yep, that sounds about about yeah. right, about accurate. But anyway, everybody check that out. Uh, Talk of the Town podcast. It's a fantastic podcast. I love the city of Halifax. I love the province of Nova Scotia. So it's nice to listen uh, to that and hear some. Yeah, it's all. It's all over the place. I love I love the podcast. It's, it's super cool. Yeah, it's great. And then, yeah. uh, obviously, check out uh, Musa's music, Denzel Subban. Today, we invited Musa because we've played a number of games with this gentleman. And actually, in many episodes, before we finally got the okay to actually use his name while talking about him, we mentioned our friend, our friend, our friend that we played with uh, when we talked about our time playing um, Pandemic Legacy, when we played that entire game with Musa. Whenever Man, that was... That that was man, that was the one. Ah, don't we could have a whole podcast on that. <laughs> um, when, honestly, when we did, uh, it was fun. I, t- I talked about a friend who came and uh, stayed here uh, in my place for an evening, and we played uh, Zombie Fifteen multiple times. So uh, he's been mentioned multiple times. We play games with him. Uh, we don't just do that with Musa. We also hug him and love him and, and show him how much we care. Uh, uh, but we thought it would be great to invite him, talk about games. We're changing things a little bit today. We've we've got a couple questions we received from different people about you know how we organize our games and things like that. And we figured let's just chat. Let's stop doing top fives mm-hmm. for one episode. Let's just chat a bit, go through some of these questions, bring Musa in, see what he uh, has to say about him, uh, his board game collection, and what he thinks about these things too, and just have some fun, make it light and easy. I'm guessing this will be a fairly long episode, uh, but. Some of you seem to love that, so uh, hopefully you'll stay tuned till the end. And if not, screw you. And also, I don't get <laughs> why people complain when it's long, longer episodes because you can just press pause and then <laughs> and listen to the rest yeah. later. Like yeah. nobody watched Lord of the Rings in one sitting unless it was at the theater, right? Like it's so it's just. By the way, like I know you love Lord of the Rings, so uh. <laughs> yeah, no one should watch Lord of the Rings in any number of sittings. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna if I ever if I ever. <laughs> get a chance to torture you somehow i'm gonna make you watch lord of the rings the entire way through one sitting if you ever yeah. were to get married jake your bachelor party needs to be lord of the ring themed and you gotta invite Liz. <laughs> he's, he's the oh man please please do so i'll make fun of you with everyone i know afterwards no you have to come and be dressed up I'm, you know you gotta be a part of it yeah, yeah for sure Cosplay. for sure but i'll be the one taking pictures so i don't care okay yeah, I'll probably be tanked at the end anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get started. Let's kick it off. First question on the list. This one comes from uh, this one comes from Luke. <laughs> Luke, uh, <laughs> a, a little boy out of nope. uh, a little boy out of Settle, Quebec, and uh, it's called. It, it says to sleeve or not to sleeve. That is the question, Jen. So, what do we do? What do we think? Our cards are we sleeving them or are we uh, taking them out of the sleeves? I feel like most people don't sleeve their games. I mean, maybe geeks do, but um, there are some games for 
for which I think it's better to sleeve them. Like, for example, I, I talk about Marvel, Marvel mm-hmm. Legendary very often, but it, that's a game where you handle ga- cards all the time. And they like, especially your, the base deck, like your, your starting deck, which you're going to use over and over and over and over again. So I, it's a very big investment. If you have all the expansions, it's like not dozens of dollars, dollars. Sorry. It's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars just in sleeves. But I feel like if it's a game that you're going to play often and in which you move cards a lot, you should personally, I would sleeve the game. Yeah. Uh, also, when you need to shuffle them, uh, I feel it's kind of weird to say, but I feel like they shuffle better because I'm a bad shuffler. You can just like, s- just like push the cards between other cards and they slide between. So I feel like it mixes the cards better. I don't know about you, but like I did oversleeve some games. There are games that I sleeved and I was like, why did I do that? Like, why do you sleeve Siski which is a very small deck that costs like $7? I can just buy a new one whenever they're worn out. But um, but yeah, for games that you use, I feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel what, like you should. What do you, how do you feel? Like I sleeved, I only spot sleeves for Marvel Legendary because I feel you should only sleeve the games that you care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're going to play, I'm t- super bad example, but it's the only, uh, if you're going to play, um, actually Miniville, the cards are so small, so it wouldn't really matter. Trying to think of a Miniville game. is matchy core for you guys. Yeah. And Siskipran is six nipped. <laughs> so per- yeah, but it, yeah, it's a germ. Like, there's no English version no, of it. No, so like I a game like Cockroach to- Poker, for example, if you're only gonna play it like two, three times per year, I would, I would not spend the no. money on the sleeves. But if you're gonna play it over and over again, and um, how do you feel though, Luke? Because I know you hosted all the. The board game nights at during the immersion, the immersion f- five weeks school explore. Um, yep. how do you feel when you saw students just taking your games and they would do like, you know, not the <laughs> students, sh- students. Shuffling, Musa, but like the- Musa's never done anything like that before with cards or a game. <laughs> What's the, like, oh, I, I have a good story about Musa after when you, <laughs> but yeah, when you, you know, when you take the deck in two and you like, and then you smash it together. Like, how do you feel when people do, uh, um, it depends on the game. If they're playing cribbage, I couldn't care less. Like <laughs> I can just buy a new pack of cards. Uh, but yeah, I did, I did, uh, go to tables to tell students, to, you know, like I know that usually people don't care when it's not their games, but they're like my personal games, like that I paid with my money that I'm sharing with all of you. So I don't want to be annoying, but just like take, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't, consider myself like a col- a collectioner i guess oh, a collector collector a collector yeah a collector because i don't like i don't mind if a game is worn out like naturally worn out after yeah, that, that means it, years that means of using used. it it's good it's been loved yeah like yeah, yeah. and shelf wear and stuff like that i don't mind like i see people over the internet like they're selling games way lower than they should because people like geeks don't buy games that are like have some sh- uh, uh, shelf wear, and I'm like, I, I mean, it's been played. If it's not been taken care of, it's a different thing. Like I, if you sit on the on the box and you don't care and you just like throw it somewhere, that's a different thing. But I, yeah, so I'm, I guess I'm somewhat of a collector just because I like to have like I'm a completionist sometimes with some games and then. I I do take care of my games, but I'm not like 
overly anal about it. No, I'm 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 saying overly no. keyword here <laughs> overly. for the public is overly, yeah. all right? Yeah, exactly. Just a little bit of anal for Luke, just a pinch. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm 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 a no. I don't want sleeves on my cards ever. Uh the only situation I would put sleeves on my cards is if I was in a situation where public place not really public. I guess it's the that they're all students, but it's still it's it's people you don't know that are playing your games all the time. I'd sleeve the fuck out of every single card because they are uh, terrible with things like that, and even they they could spill drinks. And I'm not talking alcohol because it's in a place where you can't have that. But uh, even like a pop or anything, it, it just it's crazy. Too low, yeah. I will say this though. Um, I it's not like admiration or I guess it would be like respect or understanding. But I've gained so much more of it for Lick when I sleeved my Marvel Legendary cards because <laughs> it's not a thing you can do in an hour. That ish takes oh, yeah. time. Yeah. Like it takes time. And then you sometimes you finish like you're you're done like half a villain deck and you run out of sleeves and you're like, well, half this villain deck's got this kind of sleeve and the other. It's just it's yeah. a process. So. I will say this, if you want to sleeve your cards, just know that it's not just like, hey, I'm going to put my cards. It it takes time, and it's a real, real commitment. So if you do, bravo, bravo to you, because it's... <laughs> it's also a financial burden. Yeah, yeah it is sure. too, yeah. I'm still in the know because... Um... It, it it doesn't feel as good. A lot of the cards are silk screen backs. I like that feeling. Usually the sleeves are very slippery. Um, when you're shuffling, it adds additional uh, size, and it's not always uniform. So meaning that uh, your card might sit a little bit in the bottom left corner of one sleeve and the bottom right corner of the other sleeve. So they start to feel strange in the hand, make shuffling harder, I think. Uh, so it would really have to be a game that is expensive, out of print, hard to find, and I absolutely want to protect those cards, and I'm going to play it a lot. That's uh, nothing that I currently own and not a situation I'm in. So so I'm an, I don't like sleeves. I hate the feeling of them. I, I, I don't like them. They, they slide too much. But I can appreciate for a game like Legendary because you're going to be using cards so often. You guys play so often. I can, I can understand. Yeah. yeah. But th- all of that being said, um, if, if you're going to sleeve your cards, do buy quality sleeves. Mm. Uh, I did buy cheap ones uh, at first and I had to get rid of them because like the cards are just getting like they're slipping out. Uh, it, it like they're, they're not tight, uh, on the what? cards. So it, we're still yeah, talking it, about it, sleeves, it, right? We're not talking about any. We're talking about What's sleeves. sleeves yes. Uh, we're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, there's some, my favorite brands are, 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 uh, yeah, uh, Ramses and, uh, what, what are those? Trojan. Okay. All right. All right. What next question? Uh, the next question on the list is Should I upgrade the components of a game that I really love? Should I upgrade components on games? I will tell you yes, but you shouldn't upgrade a component if you're not going to enjoy. Like, I, I'm a big fan of the game Carcassonne. And there are some extensions that I've played I really didn't like. I, f- I thought it took away from the game, but there are some that are nice. So again, it, it would really depend on the game and the, the upgrade you would be, you would be making. Cause better isn't always better, you know? So that's one of the first times in probably 15 years that anybody has said, I'm a big fan of the game Carcassonne. <laughs> Classic game. Uh, I don't like it anymore. I, I can't play it, but so. I, it's a it's a good 
point you bring up, though, because you say you, you talked about expansions, and I haven't really thought of expansions as, as, as upgrades, but they are, right? Like it adds more, and it could add more pieces, better yeah, pieces yes, even. Yeah. I was thinking that this was coming more from a direction of just pure, like there are these companies that come out with like better pieces. Uh, uh, Luke has bought some stuff in the past, but I think you're right. Like expansions are an additional upgrade. So you, you better love the game, and you better know that the expansion is going to add something, because if not, it can make it really different and boring and crappy and ruin the game mm. for you. Uh, for me, for upgrade components, like like um, getting better meeples and things like that, this is another one of those, like, why? And, I mean, I'm a guy who loves theme. I love theme in games, and, and those upgraded components probably add to the theme, so I probably would like it. But the, the cost of it, like, you pay 55 bucks for a game, and to upgrade the meeples is, like, $32.99. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. At what, it's diminishing gains at a certain point. Like, I'm spending all this money to do what? How, and I, can, I can just play and imagine that this piece is a, is a more, you know, mm. uh, a better meeple. You could buy more games with that money. That being said, I do upgrade some games. The games I love a lot, I do upgrade. Uh, for example, I bought these, uh, you can't, you guys can't see it, but I bought like metal coins for the whole, uh, West Kingdom series, uh, that I like and I use in other games sometimes. I just, um, it gives me, you know, like we often talk about Splendor being kind of nice because of the, the poker chips that are very heavy. Just imagine if Splendor came out at come out with um with just like cardboard poker chips at the yeah. time. Yeah. I'm I'm almost absolutely certain that it would not have been the hit it is today. Uh it, it's just it's just very different. Uh, same thing for Azul. Azul is like so cool, but it's cool also because it's it's nice looking and everything. I'm just I'm not saying like those games that we upgrade, they came out that way, so they're already good looking. They're already nice, but sometimes they just like I bought. Um, I, have you guys played Dinosaur Island or not at all? Was that the Jurassic Park yeah, it, remake? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we played. Yeah. yeah. So the that game comes with just one type of dinosaur meeple or figurine. So whatever dinosaur you create, it's you always have the same meeple to show that you created it. And I thought that was like one of the flaws of the game because like you create different dinosaurs, you should have different dinosaurs in the box, but they don't, they didn't put different dinosaurs, but uh, you could buy um, custom made um, uh, like dinosaurs online for the game. And I did so uh, on a board game geek store. So, uh, and, and I, th I thought it was a, a great addition to the game. I, I just, it, it gives like some, some more theme to the game. Also, mm. I just received this week uh, the big box for Terraforming Mars, which one thing is cool. It fits all the expansions in one box. So everything fits in there. The cards, fits they fit in there sleeved, which is cool. But also it upgrades components. Terraforming Mars is not a great looking game. It's, a, it's one of the best games out there. But the components are just like, okay. And they made, um, all the tiles are now like plastic and 3D and it's, it's so, so amazing to look at. It doesn't add anything to the rule except for the extra cards they gave us with the Kickstarter, but I'm actually super happy about that one. So, but sometimes, sometimes looks, sorry to cut you off, Jake, but sometimes too upgrades doesn't, it, it's not necessarily, um, a thing that affects the game, but for example, pandemic. Just receiving the little boxes where you can put the cubes, yeah, that would be an upgrade over the plastic bag. So that's an amazing upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be probably on my list of my favorite <laughs> upgrades. Um, and 
I, I, I get your point, Luke, with stuff like Azul and 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 uh, Splendor. I think you're right. And I think that when I get a game that doesn't have the best components, I say, well, it's too bad. It's a missed opportunity. And I think that companies should take more care in building and making better components. But I mean, Dinosaur Island is a $60 game. That's not even that bad in Canadian dollars. I'm looking at it right now on Amazon, 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. How much did you pay for those upgraded meeples? I think around $20. So I just think at that point, you're taking a third of the price of that game or another game that could be that price. And so for me, it comes down to the money. Uh, And and if you love, love, love the game, who cares? You're investing in something you love. So, you know, all the more power to you. And I can understand uh, upgrading certain things. Um, And I love games that have better components, but it just seems like it's not, they're not gouging you. It's just, that's the cost of producing something like that they're not charging you too much it's just it's so much cheaper when the, everything's mass produced in one box then all of a sudden be like oh i want to upgrade just the meeples that's another 25 bucks and all you're saying is dinosaur meeples that's it like you didn't get anything else special but that's what i liked about the pandemic one is it came in a, an expansion that had other pieces other modular expansion pieces that you could add into the game and then they were like oh by the way we should have included these petri dishes at the beginning we didn't do it so Here's a sweet upgrade for you. So I, I I really do love that upgrade. Yeah, no, no, you're right. There, it's it's a waste. It's definitely Whoa. a waste of money. I know. I'm oh. I'm glad we're recording that. I'm gonna make that my fucking ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's definitely a waste of money. But uh, how can I put it? Okay, I've been to festivals where I bought a, a hot dog for like twelve dollars. I spent money on crap that was like yeah. worth way less than that in my life yeah. more than once. So I don't feel that bad. Like sometimes you're just like, yeah, you know what? I'll just do it and and be happy about it. But it it is it is a waste of money. So yeah. cool. You still let's, have the same game. Let's hop to the next question. Uh, now we're falling into a little bit of organization. See what it takes us. But uh, do you organize your games horizontally or vertically? And you know what what organization solution or, or, or are you using? Um, I can be the first one to go on this one. I'll start. I have a Kallax uh, from Ikea. It's kind of fairly classic. A lot of board gamers have that. I have um, a 5x5 five five Kallax and two 1x5s on either side. So I have a total of 7x5 uh, grid, which is uh, way too much. I have all kinds of games on top of it too. I have way too many games. Um, I prefer to stack them vertically because I can have easier uh, access, uh, to them. So I can pull one out very quickly and, and get to the game. I have a problem with that because, um, depending on the insert of the game, the pieces are always all over the place. And I keep most things in bags. I do a good job organizing inside, but they're always, always all over the place. Um, it's just that it's easier to access them. And I didn't like the idea of having games sitting on top of each other and, and then creating indents in the boxes or, or you know, weakening the corners or whatever. So I, I, I opt for the vertical. I've got a couple of games that have um, uh, inserts that I like, you know, uh, and that's an upgrade that I guess I've invested in other games as inserts, but I think it's one of the, you know, better upgrades because pieces stay in place. Actually, you don't have to have bags even anymore and you can just pull out the insert and you've got everything in these little cardboard or, or styrofoam, uh, 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 whatever they call foam core boxes. Um, so if I have games in those, um, what's it called? Uh, inserts, it's great because pieces don't fall out. I can store them vertically and it's perfect. And horizontal, I have problems because I'm worried about the dimpling of a box because of, you know, putting all that weight on the bottom box of the, of the four-ish, five that are, that are in one Kallax square. Um, but I've seen other uh, companies that have come out with like these kind of 
rows that you can put into the Calax so that you can stack them horizontally because yeah. you don't have that problem with components and then it's still easy to pull mm. it out because there's nothing that's sitting on any other piece. They're all on these little very thin uh, pieces of metal that you install in the Calax. So I'm, that would be a lot of an investment for me to do that for all of my different little cubbies I've got, but it's it's pretty cool. So that's me. I, I go vertical. The only problem, I, that's a very good addition to your Calax, but the only problem I'd have to, with that is they're not modular. Like you can't actually change the position one, once they're put into your calyx so let's say you get rid of a thick game or a thin game you can't re you have to replace that game with a game of the same thickness yeah so it so that's that's the problem about it uh, <laughs> why are you, why are you buying this game it's it's thick <laughs> yeah it's the same thickness than the one i had before uh no nope. <laughs> exactly um but uh i wish sorry <clears throat> i wish all the inserts had a sort of lid uh, a la uh small world type of thing you know like these they they it comes with like little inserts for the characters but it has a lid so they stay even though you put them on their side uh all, everything stays in place and i i like that i like that there's a sort of lid that you can put on top same goes with my recently acquired um Marvel uh United. Marvel United comes like the, the insert comes with a lid so everything That's stays my favorite in place. soccer team. <laughs> the United Marvel United, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. What about you, Musa? You don't like actually you play board games a lot, but you don't have like that many yeah, board games, I know. right? Um I stack them up because my collection isn't that big yet. Um so literally I just stack my Marvel legendary boxes on top of one another. Um, I did purchase Pandemic, uh, recently and I'm looking forward to buying more extensions, but I've played it and I'm not gonna lie, playing Pandemic isn't as fun anymore because Pandemic, like there's, there's, there's not the stakes attached, uh, to Pandemic Legacy. So yeah. that, oh, that, my perception of games have changed a lot in, in that type of sense, but, I do stack him up and then I have games. So I'm a soccer coach. And when we go, well, pre pandemic, we did have a fair number of tournaments. So what I would have, I was, I would have cockroach poker, Uno, and just a regular deck of cards in a fanny pack. And then in between games, instead of like, you know, making sure the team was like, well, some of the people want to go here. Some of the people want to go there. I was just like, here's the, here's the games. I, th I thought when you were talking about yeah. pandemic I, that you were going to be like, oh, it's not it's not as good anymore because I look at the board and I'm like, you don't know what a pandemic is. You know nothing. <laughs> uh, how about we go for a last question? Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, so here's the big one that, uh, that you got to answer. Buy new or buy used? Um, buy new or buy used for board games? What do you guys think? Honestly, if you can, buy used. <laughs> There's yeah. just... They're buy used. The only problem I have with buying used is when people sell their used board games the same price you buy a new board. They're like, yes, it's sixty dollars. Yeah, but you're not paying taxes. I'm like, yes, but I don't have a warranty. Oh, like yeah. I, I don't, I can't bring it back to the store. I'm just like, man, you're selling a used board game. Sell it a little bit cheaper. It's yeah, not no, even the price totally that bothers agree. me when they do that. It's when they write in there, save the tax, and I'm just like. Fuck you. Oh, man. Yeah. Save the tax. Yeah. No, me, it really depends on the game, but look can tell you, every time I'm, I'm about to purchase a game, which is usually a Marvel Legendary extension, I call him <laughs> to make sure 
<laughs> I got a, be- a good price or I got a best, better price somewhere else, but uh, buy used. Um, but the thing, the thing is though, with buying used, especially on Facebook Marketplace, you'll message someone, they'll, they'll see they read your message. And then three hours later, they're like, sorry, I sold the game. I'm like, well, you can- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, couldn't you tell me faster? Um, yeah. But what about the argument? You, okay. You, you both are from a small community or, you know, Musa, you still live there and, and Luke lives there right now and small communities. Actually, Musa, Musa was born in Montreal. True. So, <laughs> but, you know, you understand the small community and as Francophones yeah. outside of the province of Quebec, you get it that uh, you guys are very well known for sticking together, supporting each other because that's what small communities do. It's not like the big city where you got to just, you know, dog eat dog world. You got to kill or be killed. Um, yeah. And so... The new argument I could see is why are you not supporting your local game store? That's somebody's livelihood. That's somebody's putting food on the table for their family. And buying games new means that there will be more games that will be produced. What do you have to say to an argument like that? Now, now personally, I am all about getting used unless it's a game that I really, really, really want to have brand new for myself. Um, but yeah, what, is your, what would be your point of view if I came to you with that type of uh, argument? Well, personally, I live three hours away from the, the closest. I know. I mean, there's one in the valley, but from the closest, uh, from the one I go to the most, which is in Halifax, the cafe. And I do buy games from there, but I do look at prices elsewhere. Like, I don't yeah. mind paying a little more to buy locally, but sometimes a, a board game will be like $90 online and then 130 at that cafe. So I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm, at that point, it's just way too yeah. much of a markup to actually do that. But if it's like a few bucks more, I'll I'll buy it there gladly. I like going to the cafe though because that's you know sometimes you you I I bought a game out of pure has like pure luck. It was just right by the cash. It was called Chicken Heist, and it looked I love chicken, and I was like, <laughs> and you, you like heist like the, like the meat I like heist. You, you like the meat of yeah. chicken. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I like chickens. I like heists, and I was like, well, it ended up being one of the most fun games I've played in the last little while. So sometimes you make those little. Th- 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 that's the thing I, I, about um, about uh, buying you. You go to the store and you're like, you know what? Why not? And it, worst comes to worst, you'll just sell it back online. So yeah, and I think nice. that sometimes you can't uh, you can't find it used, right? And you really want it, and it's there, and it's new, and uh, and you want to play it. And, and sometimes you're watching reviews, and you think, well, I can look at it, but I, I really want to try this game to see if I like it. And um, you could wait a while till you know when the new hotness comes out. Like let you know, um, Magic Maze was super hot when it first came out, and it was hard to get a copy. Or uh, or um, I'm trying to think of another one, Azul or Sagrada were all very hot, hot, hot games when they came out, and you couldn't find a copy. And so in that point, Parks. you you just got to buy it. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Before we go, boys, I just want to. I know you. I know we said no top fives, but I. I've been preparing a top five for. Oh, uh, you can. Okay. I'll just go quickly. It's the top five games I really never want to play. Okay, go ahead. And number five, Agricola. <laughs> yes. <laughs> number four, Agricola. <laughs> number three, Agricola. Okay. Okay. Number two, Agricola. And number one, Risk. Oh, there you go. Well, you surprised us on the last one. Risk, I agree with you. I, I can live without it for the rest of my life. And Agricola, although it has grown on me, I'm happy to see that I'm not the only hater of one of Luke's favorite games. 
So are you the only ones hating uh, Musa or am I the only one? Uh, let let us know on Instagram or in on Facebook. And until next time, thanks, uh, Musa, for joining us. So this was Musa. Yeah. Thank you. Thank thank you, guys. I honestly, I, I, I listened to the podcast. I started listening to this podcast because I was supporting, you know, my friends and your new uh, endeavor. But I ended up falling... Like, I really love this podcast genuinely. So, um, it did start out of friendship, but now I truly genuinely like care about this podcast. Um, so, and you, you know, I always message you guys with comments or call you guys about the good jokes, the bad jokes, some of the lists. So you, you know that I'm not just saying that to say that I really appreciate. And I also appreciate you giving me uh, some time to promote, uh, some of my projects as well. But I, this is truly great. And I, I can't wait to see what you, to uh take this because it's it's very niche and i think that's what's very cool about awesome this. awesome well thanks thanks a lot so listen you guys listen to a hip-hop artist oh boy uh, that was hard for you eh? <laughs> oh yeah hip-hop uh denzel suban and until next time this was luke and this is jake and you've been listening to our wait, Bart wait, King wait! Podcast. You're stealing my line. You have to do this in yeah. one French. I get to do it in, in English. And you've been listening to our board game podcast. Say it, Musa. Uh oh! Oh! Uh 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 oh!